Welcome back, everybody, to the Fanalyze Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lewis. I got my co-host, Alex. How you doing, man? Doing good. It's one day closer to Sunday where all the games start, so I'm getting more pumped up every hour that passes by. We are so pumped. We have the main host of Fantasy Footballers, Hunter. How you doing, Hunter? I am doing great. This is my first, po- first podcast, so uh, be, uh, I can't think of a word. Be patient with me, for sure. I don't think we'll need to. It seems like it's going to be a great episode, so uh, let's get straight into it. We're going to be going through week one fantasy matchups, whether you love the player, hate the player for week one, or somewhere in between. Let's just get straight into it. The first one I have written down, a lot of people want to know this, is Cleveland Browns receivers Beckham and Landry versus the Ravens. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll let Hunter go first on this one. i got to formulate my own little opinion over this. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so Landry and OBJ. Um, Landry, I'm not. I'm not sure about this week. Landry, I know he's had injury problems. He was supposed to be on the pub. I'm not sure if I'm going to start him week one. I would keep an eye out for the injury reports and stuff, but I'm. I'm not too high on Landry. OBJ, where you drafted him, you're probably going to have to start him. I don't mind starting him as like a flex or wide receiver too. I'm not huge on either of the wide receivers um, on the Browns. Uh, this week so I I would say I don't like either sorry Alex I interrupted you but I don't like either one for this matchup but if I have to go with one I'd go with Landry last year he had more yards than Beckham in both matchups Uh, Beckham's season low last year was actually against the Ravens when he was matched up Marlon Humphrey week four so um yeah I don't like this matchup Marlon Humphrey Marcus Peters outstanding Mm -hmm. cornerback duo I wouldn't start either but it, uh, obviously it depends, but I'm not loving either here. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think I'm going to bounce off of what both of you guys said. I really don't like um, the OBJ-Marlon Humphrey matchup going into week one, and I'm not really high on either receiver, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be Landry just because I feel like he's been so successful moving around on the offense and you know working underneath routes while OBJ takes away that number one corner. But from what I saw from Thursday night, I, I look at this and I, I look at the game and how it was played and I see a game from both teams. And I feel like we're going to be seeing that a lot from teams on Sundays mm-hmm. just because it's been so long since they've, they've played a legit NFL game. So I'm not re- that, that's just something that I thought of pretty on the spot right here. And I was just thinking, you know, I don't know if there's going to be um, any amazing wide receiver performances in this first week besides the teams that have like these elite guys. Yeah. And add that to the fact that you have probably the best running back court in the league. I mean, the Browns are going to run the ball. Like Mm -hmm. that's how they beat them last year. Uh, That's how they plan to beat them this year. I'm assuming plus Austin Hooper, David Njoku. Yeah. I don't like either matchup here, Mm -hmm. but uh, moving on to the second one, Um, this isn't week one specific, but a lot of people have been asking that it is. Can Clyde Edwards, Elaire, keep up the production that we saw flashes of last night what do you guys think oh um so from what i saw last night i he he bounces off a lot of tackles and stuff and the offense was a lot more balanced in its approach but from what i've seen from Kansas City this past season and ever since Pat Mahomes has taken over the reins they like to pass the ball and they have receivers that are built to go deep and they have all of these speed guys and you have Travis Kelsey that you I'm sure they want to give the ball to so I think once the season gets later and everybody gets more comfortable playing in games 
that maybe we'll see the workload dip off a little bit. I don't know if that means the production will dip off a little bit because he was making plays left and right last night. But I definitely think we'll start to see slightly less carries, maybe maybe a couple more pass touches there. So in PPR leagues, that would really help out a lot. But there's other mouths to feed on that offense, and there's a lot of playmakers there. So it might not always be Clyde Edwards-Alaire, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree for sure. I think that he'll keep up the fantasy work for sure. Um, I think he'll be a running back number one for the rest of the season. You are right. Um, there is a lot of mouths to feed. He did look really good. One thing that scared me last night, I don't know if you guys uh, noticed this, the goal line really scared me. He was awful on the goal line and couldn't punch it in for yeah. some reason. But I think he'll get, I think he'll get better at that as the season goes on. Um, Andy Reid, you know, he's great with running back, so I'm sure he'll be a running back one for the rest of the year. Just maybe not like, you know, twenty points a game. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like him for me. Like he's the main running back in a great situation on the Chiefs. I liked mm-hmm. what Alex said though uh, about the passing game. They did not get him involved in the passing no. game at all last night, which I was really expecting to see. He was what, over 600 yards, I believe, at LSU. So I was expecting to see that. Um, But, yeah, overall, I think he's going to be really, really good for fantasy this year. He's just in a great situation. Before Um, we move on to this next topic, I I just want to bounce off of what Hunter said. The the goal line did really scare me. I mean, they have – the one thing that I think really affected him is his height and his weight. I mean, he's like 5'7", 210, and – you're going up against guys that are 6'5", 300 pounds, and I get you're a running back and that's your job, but if mm-hmm. that continues, I feel like they're going to start to give those important goal line carries to someone like maybe Daryl Williams, or they're just going to have to pass the ball and when they're getting down to the end zone, which is just taking away fantasy production and these easy goal line touchdowns away from him and giving it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to stay on the topic of the game last night. The next one is can David Johnson – keep up the production we saw from last night. Alex, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, I'd like to say so just because he's on my fantasy team and I got a lot riding on him. He's in multiple leagues for me. But um, I, I, I want to say, yeah, uh, he's, they really featured him in a lot of different facets of the game. And I think going into this game, I wasn't really expecting a lot. I was definitely expecting Day, or Duke Johnson to be the feature back and uh, David Johnson to be the change of pace back. But it was really flip-flopped and he did look powerful. I, I wasn't, I was really concerned about injuries and maybe that he might get hurt or he might aggravate something just cause it's been so long. It's been even longer with quarantine and stuff since he's played a full game NFL game. But I was pleasantly surprised last night. They, they got him the ball passing and he looked really great running. He was shifty and powerful. So I could definitely see him being a running back to solid flex option. If you're not running like a super deep league. I agree. I think I I looked kind of dumb last night because I wasn't super high on David Johnson. If if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, I think he'll be a good running back too. Like you said, flex option. He did look good last night. He got a lot of touches. He got a lot of – I think he got, you know, two or three passes. I'm not sure. I couldn't watch the whole game. But he looked pretty good last night. The injuries is what scares me. If he can stay healthy throughout the whole season, he'll be a good option. But they were already looking at his wrist last night. I saw that they were already looking at him. So yeah. That's what scares me with David Johnson. But if he can stay healthy, he's he's a good running back too, for sure. Yeah, I definitely think he would be a big-time sleeper if someone was able to get him in a later round because so many people were scared of the injury concerns. But like you said, one – we've seen it before. Something mild could turn into something that's season-ending for him. Mm-hmm. 
So it's something to watch out for. And I feel like anybody who did pick him up, it was a big risk pick. But as we've said so far, both me and Hunter, uh, that big risk might have a big payoff in the end. Yeah, I mean, for David Johnson, I think what we're going to see is him get a lot of carries throughout the year. because, And granted, they might get Duke Johnson a little more involved than they did last night. But overall, from what we saw from the Texans' passing game, it was kind of pathetic. I mean, Brendan Cooks barely got involved. Reno Cobb didn't touch the ball until, what, late in the third quarter. Um, yeah. Fuller started to turn it on, and he had a pretty good second half. I'll give him that. But literally the first play was a drop from Will Fuller. So we just saw Deshaun Watson get stuck there, and David Johnson was really the only one who played well. So I think mm-hmm. if the pass game continues to struggle as much as it does, David Johnson's going to have a huge year fantasy-wise. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I do want to add about Deshaun Watson and those receivers is it was pretty evident last night, I'm pretty sure for anybody that watched the game, that he was missing DeAndre Hopkins. There would be plays where he wouldn't have anywhere to go, and you could tell if DeAndre Hopkins was the guy that was that pass was intended for, it would have been a completion and the drive would have continued. But they had a lot of drops, and I guess this is partially on me. Going into this season, I was saying, hey, they might be decent. Yes, they might not have a true number one receiver, but they got all these number two guys that can, you know, it gives more bodies on the field and more places for the defense to be like, hey, we got to look there. But uh, I was pretty wrong on that. And it definitely showed last night when they don't have that make a play guy that even if he's double covered has the, uh, you know, has the ability to go get it. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to the next topic, we have a week one specific one. It is so Kenny Galladay. He has been listed officially as doubtful for Sunday's matchup against the Bears. Um, what do you like from Marvin Jones this week? Do you love him? Do you hate him? What do you think? I mean, he's going up against a good secondary in the Bears, but he is that wide receiver one. What do you think? Uh, Hunter, I'll start with you here. Perfect. Yeah, it is a good secondary, but I do love Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has continued to make huge plays like for the past couple seasons. I like Marvin Jones as a wide receiver one, even with that secondary. Somebody's going to have to score points. Um, So I think Marvin Jones could definitely have a pretty good game week one for sure. Um, Probably like 15 points, I think. Yeah, when I when I look at this, this opportunity he has, uh, you know, you got your starting quarterback and Matt Stafford back. And we saw last year when he had that number one guy on the field. And I'm just using Kenny Galladay as an example, because but I really think Marvin Jones and him kind of bounce off of each other. Uh, they looked amazing. The wide receivers, they put up great numbers and uh, they had a lot of fantasy value. Now that uh, Kenny Galladay is out and Marvin Jones steps into the number one role. The last time this happened where Kenny Galladay was out for one week last year, Marvin Jones put up 40 points. So I'm and again, that was against the Vikings secondary, which wasn't nearly as good as the Bears, in my opinion. But still, uh, I I have a lot of confidence going into this week with Marvin Jones, and uh, I could definitely see him as a start. I would definitely take him off the bench if they if someone's unsure about a wide receiver that they have on their team. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. I mean, it, it definitely is like you guys have said a tough secondary that he's going up against, but he did put up pretty good fantasy numbers last year with bad quarterback play. You're talking David Blau and uh, uh, who else do they have? Jeff, Jeff, Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. That's right. So I like Marvin Jones for this week. Um, next up though, we have the Jets, possibly the only weapon on the Jets, Le'Veon Bell. Do you guys like his value for this year? Uh, Alex, I'll start with you here. 
Uh, I'm going to see hell to the no. Um, they brought in Frank Gore and Adam Gase came out and said that they were going to try to take some of the workload off of Le'Veon Bell and give it to Frank Gore and kind of running back by committee. And I mean, when I, when I hear take the workload off of Le'Veon Bell already after looking what they did with him last season, it scares me even more. If I was a fantasy owner, I wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole, man. Uh, that's that's literally like a zombie backfield right there. They're both just going to be eating carries from each other, and I don't think either one is going to have any really meaningful snaps. And I'd like to be wrong because I like Le'Veon Bell. I like his running style, but the fact that they brought in Frank Gore and they've kept um, LaMichael P. Ryan, the rookie out of Florida, and I think they picked up Kalen Balaj after Miami released him after the trade fell through, that just it, it doesn't look like a good backfield situation for me fantasy-wise. Absolutely. Le'Veon Bell kind of scares me right now. Um, I love Le'Veon Bell. He's super talented, but Gase, Gase hates him for some reason. Gase ruined that offense. So I'm, I'm avoiding Jets players, of course, but Bell could be a guy that if you want like 10 points, okay, put him in your flex. If you want more than 10 points, put another guy in there. It's just like he has a high floor, but not a high ceiling. So if you want a guy that's not going to necessarily necessarily lose you the week, you can put Bell in there. But other than that, I'm I'm avoiding Bell for sure. Yeah, I definitely would compare him to Kareem Hunt of last year with the Browns, where you could rely on him to get you that ten to thirteen point range in your flex spot, which is what I ended up doing. But I would not rely on him to be your feature back or be like, hey. I need a guy to win me this week. Let me put Le'Veon Bell in. I definitely agree with what you said there, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that you guys were addition uh, on Adam Gase. I mean, is there a single person that likes Adam Gase? Like, no, in he literally no. looks like a serial killer. <laughs> He's horrible. Yeah, and not to mention, he wastes all the talent that the Jets have ever had. Like, Le'Veon Bell, we talked about him as maybe being the best running back in the league on Pittsburgh. He goes to the Jets, and we're talking about maybe top 20. Like, yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous, dude. It just waste pl- time. If we're if we're talking if we're talking about wasting town, I I just want to bring up the fact that he has done absolutely nothing to help out Sam Darnold. Hmm. We can look at the Makai. He's taking stuff there, away but, from him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got you got Jamison Crowder, who we've spoken on before, Lewis. That was a wide receiver two, wide receiver three in Washington at a certain point. And then you're expecting him to be, hey, you're our wide receiver one now. And I get Denzel Mims was a big fan. A lot of people liked him during the draft process. But he is a rookie, and he didn't have preseason. Mm-hmm. He Going into week one, week two, week three, he is going to be playing these games, adjusting to NFL game speed. So, you know, this, this offense in general is not going to be pretty. This is one of these teams, I throw them in there with the football team and the Jaguars, that if there's a team playing them – and you need a defense, pick whatever defense is playing those teams. Josh Allen could be huge this week against the Jets, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you yeah. said that because I have Allen. Love that. Um, yeah. All right, but next up, let's move to the tight end spot. Evan Ingram of the Giants. He's got a tough matchup this week against the Pittsburgh defense, Yikes. Yeah. who is definitely yes. top five in the league. I'm really high up on Evan Ingram for the season. This game, though, really questionable. Um, I'll go Hunter here. What do you think about Evan Ingram starting him week one against Pittsburgh? Um, Evan Ingram, I think if obviously you drafted him, you're going to play him. So I know that there's a couple injuries. I think uh, Golden Tate could be hurt. And I heard um, the other guy, what's his name? Sterling Shepard. 
No, um, Slayton. Slayton. Yeah, isn't he hurt too? I know that like a couple of them had a couple injuries, so I don't know. I would keep an eye on that, but if that's true, I like Evan Ingram. Just maybe not this week against the Steelers, but if you have Evan Ingram, you have to play him while he's healthy. Like I said that about Fuller. Like you have to play Ingram while he's healthy. I think you could do really well. Yeah, let me interrupt here one second. The matchup that I saw, I saw a ton of people with this problem. Like, I'm talking up to 10, possibly, um, that said they had Austin Hooper as well as Evan Ingram. If that were you, who are you starting this week? Hooper is playing the Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram. I mean, yeah, it's a tough one. Like, on one Uh, hand, Ingram, Austin Hooper, there's so many mouths to feed on the Browns. They both go up against good defenses, but Evan Ingram is going up against – like a really, really good defense. So yeah. it, it's a really tough one. I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with, yeah, I'd probably go Ingram as well. Uh, you have Saquon and stuff, but you look at some of the guys, like you said, if Darius Slayton and Golden Tate are kind of banged up, the only other passing options you would have would be Sterling Shepard and then Evan Ingram. And even with the tough, tough defense that they're going up against, there could be, um, opportunities for like maybe a little dump down pass or a little five yard out route that would get you, you know, two points if he got a catch and a first down. So, you know, speaking of tight ends, actually, um, the Steelers, Ebron, Ebron could do really well this week. That's a guy that I'm looking at. Um, oh yeah, for that sure. That could be really good this week against this Giants Absolutely. defense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I like, I like him a lot and this is kind of a, kind of a, a sleeper pick in my opinion if we're sticking on the topic of tight ends I really like Jonu Smith for the Tennessee Titans mm. yeah he's going up against the Broncos and they have a pretty good secondary and linebacking core but he's just he's he's like the definition of a mismatch I would put him I'm not saying he plays on the same level as these guys but he's this type of mismatch where he's too fast or he's too big I look at him in like almost like in a George Kittle Darren Waller mold where if you put a cornerback on him, he's just too big and too physical for him. But if you put a linebacker on him, he's too fast for him. And I definitely think now that Delaney Walker is completely out of there and they got Ryan Tannehill in there and the offense became a little more balanced rather than Marcus Mariota taking these five-yard passes and or just handing it off to Derrick Henry. Like They have the ability to take shots down the field and get these 20, 30-yard plays that I think Johnny Smith has the potential for some nice production this year. All right. Um, we'll move to the next one, which is uh, I want to focus on two guys from the same team. The first one, is, it, it's the Washington football team. Um, the first oh. one is Terry McLaurin. And then the second mm-hmm. one is a guy who no one was talking about up until um, you have Adrian Peterson getting released. You have all this stuff happening. Antonio in, Gibson. Yep, yep, that's absolutely right. Antonio Gibson. Um, so what do you guys think about both those guys? Um, let's go Alex here. Okay, so first off, I want to start on Antonio Gibson. Um, I love him as a player. He's one of these guys that's going to be extremely versatile. He has the ability to play both the running back and the wide receiver position. And I'm not saying expect Christian McCaffrey McCaffrey value for him, but he's one of those guys where you're going to be getting nice production from both facets of that fantasy value. Like he'll be getting passing or receiving touchdowns, but he'll still be getting that production on the ground and – uh, Ron Rivera's came out and said he loves him as a player. And I think that's it definitely speaks volumes when they're like, hey, the one established running back we have on this team is Adrian Peterson. We don't need him. Let's roll with Antonio Gibson. And uh, for Terry McLaurin, 
from what I've seen, uh, they didn't really bring in anybody off this offseason that's notable, in my opinion. So I still see Terry McLaurin as great value for a wide receiver. I'm not saying wide receiver one just because of how the rest of that team looks. There's a lot of spots that are iffy, and they defenses I feel like will be able to key in on him a little bit. But I could definitely see him as a wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three. Well, Absolutely. I, hold on one sec. Um, no, I right. will say about Antonio Gibson, Washington officially named J.D. McKissick as their running back one. I mean, how, how much do you, like, really read into that? I know everybody puts out these initial depth charts where all these fantasy footballers, they go insane about him, and I, I'm not too huge on that. But, like, what do you think? Does J.D. McKissick, is he going to be no. the main workhorse this year? No, I, I see I see Washington as being this team that kind of – I see them kind of as, like, the Philadelphia Eagles of last year. Or I'm trying to think of another team, like maybe the um, – no. shoot, the 49ers, where they ride the hot hand. And I think once Antonio Gibson gets a couple touches and proves that he can do what we've seen him do at Memphis, that he'll eventually take that over. Maybe not early on in the season he'll show a lot of fantasy production, but as the season moves on, I think you'll see a steady climb in his output. Okay, so on J.D. McKissick, I I thought that I heard this and I'm right. So Ron Rivera pointed out that that was an unofficial depth chart. I think he said something like, oh, they just put him there. Like, I don't think he's like actually the number one J.D. McKissick. Um, I love Antonio Gibson this year. I think he's going to do really well. You're talking to an Eagles fan right now, too. So week one, I could see McLaurin doing really well, too. I mean, the Eagles finally got a good corner in, in uh, Slayton, and then we have um, Nikel Roby Coleman. But Slayton's not going to be on McLaurin the whole time. We have our second guy, which is, um, gosh, what's his name? Avante Maddox, who Terry McLaurin is probably going to burn. Our, our secondary is good, is better now, but the Eagles love to give up big plays. So I could see Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin both having a good week one for sure. Yeah, I mean, I the one thing I do want to say about if, we, if he's an Eagles fan, I just want to touch on this and get his opinion is, yeah, you guys uh, brought in Darius Slay and Nikel Roby Coleman, which I loved both of those free agency pickups. They addressed a position of need and they got great value for those guys. But at the same time, they didn't you guys release like Craven LeBlanc, uh, Rasul Douglas, and uh, Sidney Jones? So we did release Douglas and Sidney Jones. We released Craven LeBlanc because we needed to put somebody on IR. So he re-signed the next day, LeBlanc. So he's on uh, the team. Okay. But our cornerback situation, I don't think is the greatest. If Slay's injured, we're screwed. I don't know why <laughs> we released Douglas and um, Sidney Jones, but – you know, the Eagles secondary is prone to giving up huge plays. So, and this is coming from an Eagles fan. So I, I still like both of them for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, they, I, Terry McLaurin, I feel like if he gets steady quarterback play, which personally I think Dwayne Haskins, if he's given the right opportunity and isn't just thrown in during garbage time and it's like, hey, you know, good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a chance for an even higher ceiling and floor for Terry McLaurin. So, I'm confident in that. Uh, I've, I I didn't completely forgot that they were playing the Eagles week one, so it might not be the best idea to throw him against Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, down the season, like I said, there's going to be matchups where he's going to be easily a heavy favorite, and I could see 20-point games from him. Yeah, my only thing with Terry McLaurin is, I mean, let's be honest, he's going to get a lot of attention from DBs. Like, we might see him doubled a ton over the season. And you have that questionable quarterback play. Dwayne Haskins going into his second year, his first full year, uh, still a bad offensive line overall. So 
it's just going to be a tough situation for Terry McLaurin. But talent-wise, he's absolutely there. We'll have to see what he does fantasy-wise. I don't know. I'm I'm just not so sure on him as I am uh, other guys. But yeah. yeah, we'll move on here to a guy that I know Hunter is really high up on. Calvin Ridley, his value against the Seahawks. Hunter, I'm going to start with you. What do you see in Calvin Ridley? Thank you. I appreciate you. I love, love, love Calvin Ridley. He's a huge touchdown guy. I always, I always throw out this stat. They threw out this stat last year for Chris Godwin. Like Chris Godwin had, was on a team with the most um, vacated targets. And that's what Calvin Ridley is on. He's on that team. I know they brought in Hayden Hurst. I know they have Todd Gurley. I, dude, Calvin Ridley is going to do so great this whole year. And I love this for first week matchup because I think it's going to be really high scoring, probably going to be one of the more high scoring games. So you could see Calvin Ridley with a touchdown, maybe two. I could see Calvin Ridley doing really well this first week for sure. Yeah, uh, touching in on what he said, I, I really like Calvin Ridley for this year. And I've liked him almost his entire career when he came out of Alabama. You have uh, you have Julio Jones on the other side of the field, uh, taking all these number one DBs away from him. So Calvin Ridley, the amazing route runner that he is, is able to work on these number two corners, which I'm not like like downplaying his ability at all. But obviously they're not the number one corner on the team, so he's getting a lower end guy to work against. And I think that only bodes well for him. And I think we also saw a jump in his production after they traded away Mohamed Sanu because that's just a guy that was taken away from the offense for them to feed. Now, like he said, we can look at Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst, but these are both brand new guys in this offense. And there was a reason that Todd Gurley did not get the ball that much this past year in Los Angeles. And there is a reason that Mark Andrews was starting over Hayden Hurst. Uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are the two guys that Matt Ryan knows best in this offense, and he's had the most time to work with. So I, I think the familiarity between those two receivers is going to be really good for fantasy value. Yeah. Um, the, overall, with Calvin Ridley, I liked what you said about Mohamed Sanu. Once Mohamed Sanu left, uh, Calvin Ridley's production went way up. His fantasy numbers, they went up. Go look at the numbers. And not to mention, with Calvin Ridley for most of the year, he still had 800-plus yards. Same thing his rookie year. So I like Calvin Ridley a lot this year. I think we could possibly see, maybe this is like a little bit of a hot take, could possibly see over 1,000 yards, having two over 1,000-yard receivers with him and Julio Jones. Absolutely. but I don't think that's much of a stretch, personally. Yeah. I think they're going to be leading heavily on that passing game, especially in that division this year. And Matt Ryan's always good those um those every other year, so Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm fully expecting a, a a giant um MVP like season from him this year. Hopefully they don't have to do a twenty eight and three uh blow in the lead again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. We just lost all our Falcons viewers here, so we're gonna move on now. Um let's see, let's go to Cowboys receivers next. Let's go Michael Gallup and CD Lamb. How do you like both of them? Uh, let's go Alex first. Okay, so um, I honestly think this is I, – I, I feel like this might be a hot take here. Um, for me, I'm going to um, – the one thing I'm looking at right now is that they're going to be working again on number two and three corners. You got Amari Cooper who I feel like almost disappears when he plays a starting cornerback. But then you got really talented guys, as we saw last year, with Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb working in the slot or on the other side of the field, and I think it's just going to open up opportunities for him. The one thing I do have to say, if there was a con for all of this, is 
Zeke Elliott. I mean, he's coming back. A lot of that offensive line has been, uh, quote-unquote, retooled. They got Tyler Biedish from Wisconsin after Travis Frederick died. So I don't know if they're going to try to lean more on that running game now that Zeke is healthy and everything's good to go or if they're just going to keep that balanced attack. And I, I guess another facet I want to say as a con for all of this is Mike McCarthy, brand-new head coach. I'm sure he's going to have a very different offense implemented from what we saw with um, Jason Garrett. For sure. I am – I'm definitely avoiding C.D. Lamb, and no, I'm not a Salty Eagles fan, mad that we didn't get C.D. Lamb. I'm avoiding <laughs> C.D. Lamb because, I mean, you have you have two 1,000-yard um, receivers on the team. I'll wait and see how he does. I'm not high on, like, starting rookie wide receivers early. Amari Cooper could be injured. He might be limited. And like you said, he does disappear against good corners like Slay. Like Slay. So we'll see. Um, I think... Gallup could could be a good flex week one because this is going to be a high-scoring game for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely like Gallup a lot more than CeeDee Lamb and Mari Cooper both just because um, from what I saw last year, I, I bring up this a lot just because I think when I look at positional battles and where guys are going to be slated on a depth chart, it really uh, can either add or take away from someone's value. And Looking at these, you know, wide receiver two, cornerback two matchups, if a team has a subpar cornerback, but they have a, the other team has a pretty solid wide receiver two, you're going to see a huge game from them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty high up on Michael Gallup. And for the same reason, sort of, as Calvin Ridley, he's going up against a lot of cornerback twos. Um, at the same time, though, you have to feed CeeDee Lamb. Same with Amari Cooper and Zeke. But I do like what you said about not getting too high up on Amari Cooper this year. Um, so, yeah, that's our takes on that. Next up, let's go with uh, Chris Carson's fantasy value, running back for Seattle. Um, let's go Hunter here. You started off. Um, I like Chris Carson while healthy. Another guy that you have to play while healthy. He'll, he'll get his work. He's playing what? They're playing the Falcons. And it's going to be a high-scoring game. He'll get his pass work. He'll get his rushing work. So I like him for week one. I haven't done much research on Chris Carson, if I'm going to be honest, but I definitely like him as an RB2. I, yeah, I would definitely put him in the RB2. Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Lewis. Oh, okay. Um, so the reason that I, I'm not super high up on him is his injury last season that ended his season was a hip fracture, which is – just not the type of injury that you want, especially for the running back position. Uh, you've seen guys guys who get that injury almost every time. Their next year, they have, they play significantly worse uh, because of that. So I'm not loving that. And plus, you have Josh Gordon, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Philip Dorsett, mm-hmm. Greg Olson, Will Disley, with, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league. Like, you're going to pass the ball, so – that's just my take on it. And plus, Carlos Hyde, we don't know how much. I, I heard that he was questionable for week one, if I'm remembering right. There's so many injuries going through my head right now that I can't keep it straight. But, um, so yeah, I'm not super high up on Chris Carson. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, so I was definitely going to bring up the whole Carlos Hyde signing. Uh, even if he isn't healthy, I think that's going to subtract from Chris Carson's value a little bit. And the fact that they brought in Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon just means that, hey – we got all these wide receivers. We didn't bring them on for these, I don't want to say lucrative deals, but they were definitely paying more than what they had to to get these guys. So um, I see that, and I'm like, okay, well, they're obviously going to be passing the ball a little bit more. And, again, week one, when you got the Falcons, I, I don't think this is going to be one of these games where, 
uh, we can just sit down and run the ball like both teams on Thursday night did. They got these premier wide receivers, and they're going to be wanting to take shots because that's how the offenses are going to function. So I don't see the running game for either of these teams being a huge, uh, like, like high point for fantasy value this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, all right, let's go with uh, two more. One is one that we were talking about before this episode. You guys both had strong opinions about this. It is Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'll give oh, Hunter the nod on this. Mm. You go ahead. Devin Singletary, what do you think? If any of my followers are watching this, they, they know that I absolutely despise and hate Devin Singletary. I wouldn't even care if that man dropped out of the draft. I wouldn't pick him up in free agency. I really don't like Singletary. Um, Alex was talking about it. Yeah, we were talking about it beforehand and the the fumbles it, it's horrible i mean and Dak moss is going to get all the important fantasy football work i'm not starting zach moss week one but i'm sure that that man will take over soon enough yeah i definitely want to touch in on this since hunter and i were talking about it um from what i've seen so far in camp devin singletary has had fumbling problems and he's had a little bit of catching the ball out of the backfield problems. While on the other side of that coin, Zach Moss has been really impressive with his vision and his power. And he's been doing a great job when he's had his chances to get screens and go out for passes and stuff. So if this – I get it's camp and it's not an official game, but if this trend continues, I can definitely see a changing of the tide. If I was anybody that's listening to this and Zach Moss is available – Pick him up and stash him on your team. Later in the season, I guarantee you, I feel this like deep down in my gut, he is going to be a fantasy running back. We saw what they did last year. They liked, even though it's not really a flashy player, we saw what they did with Frank Gore. And I do have to give credit where credit is due when Devin Singletary had opportunities this past season and he didn't fumble the ball or, you know, slip up here and there. He made it, he made things happen. So, I think when you get a more secure runner like Zach Moss, uh, the production's only going to go up from there. And I feel the same way about J.K. Dobbins. I just want to throw that in there, too. I think later in the season, both of those running backs will have increased fantasy value. So if they're available in your waivers or something, I'd suggest picking one of them up. All right. Um, So I'm going to ignore that. You guys already went off that. Um, I will say I do – I'll admit something. I do have Devin Singletary at my flex. Don't be mad at me, Hunter. Mm-hmm. But I, he went really, really late in the draft. Had to pick him up. Um, okay. Hopefully early in the season he works out for me. I don't know. But besides that, my team's looking pretty solid, so I'm happy. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about is I've seen so many people with this guy as either their flex or their running back to Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Um, two more things we have to talk about. Uh, let's go. Let's okay. go, Jonathan Taylor first. Ignore what I'm saying, Jonathan Taylor. Alex, go ahead. Oof. Okay, sorry. I thought that's who you were talking Same. about. I've heard a lot of the hype around him. Um, I don't know how Hunter feels about this, but personally, I'm a really big fan of him. I, I, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I had to watch him play the Buckeyes twice a year, you know, twice a year, and assuming they made the Big Ten championship. And uh, yeah, I could say this past season, he did have a little bit of fumbling problems here and there. And I've seen that from a lot of scouts during the draft process. But 
Uh, I think this offense is going to really cater to him. He's going to be able to catch the ball from Phillip Rivers, who we saw last year love to dump it down to Austin Eckler when he had the chance. And you're running behind the best offensive line in the league. So there's going to be holes. There's going to be gaps that Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, all of these guys along the offensive line are going to be able to open up for you. And I think it's a really amazing fit. And I'm not bashing Marlon Mack, but I think – Again, once Jonathan Taylor has these opportunities, he's going to showcase what he's able to do, and Frank Reich is going to have no decision that, all right, hey, keep him going. Let's feed this man the ball. Absolutely. I totally agree. I love Jonathan Taylor. He's super talented. Again, yeah, not a knock on on Mac, but I know he's a starter right now, but I I really think that Taylor is going to take over. I like Taylor, too, for week one against the Jags. Oh, yeah. Um, Anybody that's playing the Jags, I feel like like, they have fantasy value. Yeah, for sure. And – um. He was named the starter, but Frank Reich did come out and say they're going to feed the hot hand, and I'm almost certainly positive that that is going to be Jonathan Taylor. He's super talented. He's going to be a great pickup this season for sure. Do you guys have any yeah, concerns I'm, I'm, at all over Naheem Himes, like at all? No, no. Uh, not really. He could be good, but I, I don't I don't think so. I, I see him as one of those guys where, like, if they're going five wide or something and they want, like, a true receiving back out there, go for it. You can throw Naheem Himes in there, but – I, I really don't I don't see Sorry. him getting any meaningful carries. Sorry, no. I just wanted to add that in there. No, you're good. So Naheem Naeem Hines is is like James White to me. Like if if they're down and they need to like like you said get the pass the pass game going, he'll be in the game. But I don't think he's going to be really fantasy viable at all this season. If I'm going to be honest, hmm. yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with that. I mean, you traded up to you traded up to get Jonathan Taylor. Like, you're going to use him in your offense more than Naheem Himes and more than Marlon Mack. Because, honestly, with the best offensive line in the league, how much has he really proven to us so far? Like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I feel yeah, like I mean, there's a, a higher He's been ceiling. decent. Yeah, he's been he's decent. He's been decent, but there was, there was a reason he went later in the draft. I right. mean, that was a stacked running back draft. You had, like, C-Mac, Joe Mixon, Kamara, yeah. all these guys. But still, there's a reason he went later in the draft, and there's a reason Jonathan Taylor was – the college football leading rusher two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I have really high expectations for Jonathan Taylor. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so the last one I wanted to talk about, this is what I was getting into. A lot of people have him as running back to or flex is Melvin Gordon. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, um, let God. me start off with Hunter. I hate here. it. I hate it so much. Yeah. I, I absolutely despise this. I mean, Okay, sorry. I'm going to start out with myself here. I'm (laughs) just so passionate about this. I mean, you make all these moves at receiver in the draft. You got Noah Fant, in my opinion, one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's not to say they won't run the ball. Like, they're going to run the ball a ton. But you have Phillip Lindsay. The man has not fumbled in two years. You're not just going to, like, turn your back on him and say, okay, Melvin Gordon, we're going to give you the ball all the time. Like, no. Phillip Lindsay is going to get a ton of production in my opinion, one of the more underrated running backs in the league. So that's my two cents on it. Hunter, what do you have to say? I hate it. I, I don't like Melvin Gordon at all. Like you said, Philip Lindsay is going to get work um, for sure. I know they paid him, but it I, it was such a horrible move. You're so right. Like, I hate that fit for the Broncos. I am not starting Melvin Gordon at all any weeks, especially week one. I don't like this matchup. I think this matchup is going to be low scoring this week one. So I am – so out on Melvin Gordon. Yeah, uh, I, I, both you guys pretty much hammered home all the points. The only thing I can say is uh, there's, th- this is one of these teams where there's too many mouths to feed, in my opinion. You've got 
you spent your first two picks in the draft on Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. That's two wide receivers. You already had Cortland Sutton. That's another wide receiver. You got Noah Fant. That's a tight end. You got Philip Lindsay. That's a running back. You and I'm, you know, you throw you throw Melvin Gordon there. That's six guys that you got to give the ball to, and you're paying all of them. So it's not like you're just going to keep one of them on the sideline. And uh, th- this is just, I, I again, I, I I like this term that I saw when they were talking about the Jets. This is a zombie backfield where neither of these guys are going to be getting the bulk of the carries. They're just going to be getting half of what what's really meaningful to them. So I, I don't see them having much fantasy value either either guy, really. I feel like they're going to be just, you know, we paid both of you guys, so we're going to have to give both of you the ball. And I just mm-hmm. don't see either of them having these, you know, superstar value uh, picks. And I've seen a couple people take him pretty high in drafts. Oh, oh absolutely. I see him as the running back two all the time. It, it's kind of disappointing horrible. to me. Yeah, sounds horrible. I, I, in my opinion, he's uh, – barely a flex guy more of a bench guy in my opinion he's the guy yeah. that you take and you trick your friend who doesn't watch football at all you're like oh hey melvin gordon because he's kind of that big name you know yeah um yeah that's sean for us us alex yeah. I could totally I'm, trick yeah, him not. so absolutely <laughs> but um all right yeah if there's nothing else you guys have to say about fantasy this week um is there any i guess i have one i just want to throw out as a question uh, obviously, we're from Cincinnati, and I just want to talk like opinions on Joe Burrow this season and AJ Green. Because I, first off, I guess I'll get my two two cents on this, just so you guys can see where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Personally, uh, we can look at the offensive line all day long for the Bengals, but you've seen in past seasons. I I get the Patriots had a good offensive line, but the pressure can't get to you if the ball's already out of your hands by the time they get there. And they've got – the Bengals got ridiculous amounts of wide receiver depth. So you can get that ball out immediately and just give it to a guy that can make a play. And I get a lot of these guys are underrated. Like John Ross hasn't really stepped up and made his mark yet. But you got guys who I'm a big fan of like Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd. And I, the other thing I just want to talk about is A.J. Green. Like he hasn't been healthy for almost a year and a half. Or was it – it's a year now, right? Two years? Yeah. Yeah, almost. I feel yeah, like barely played been. over the past three years. So yeah. So what I see is like, obviously everybody remembers when he was healthy. He was a top five wide receiver in the NFL, and I, I just want to know: Do you guys think they're going to do that thing how they did with Tyler Eifert last year, where oh hey, we're going to let you play, but we're going to be real careful and limit your snaps? Or Zach Taylor said he's a hundred percent all in. We're just going to see what he does. Yeah, it definitely could be that they limit his snaps. And also, I think people are sleeping on Tyler Boyd way too much. Like, Tyler Boyd, two years in a row of over 1,000 yards, and he's going to keep getting better. And it's not that duo that you have, like, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley or anything. No, it's like you got T. Higgins, you have John Ross, um, you have Auden Tate, who showed a lot of great things last year. Like, you've got arguably, in my opinion, the most depth out of any receiving core in the league. Not to mention you're still feeding Joe Mixon. So I don't like A.J. Green's value. And for the offensive line, I get what you're saying about, like, you know, the pressure can't get to you unless the ball's out. This is a rookie quarterback that we're talking about that didn't have to deal with a ton of pressure at LSU. Not the best offensive line in the nation, but definitely a good one. So I I just think for a rookie quarterback saying that is just expecting a little bit too much of him. So I, I don't love Joe Burrow or A.J. Green for fantasy. I do like Tyler yeah. Boyd. I mean, both of those are understandable uh, opinions. Hunter, what do you got to say? Yeah, I was definitely going to agree with Lewis. I was going to say exactly what you were going to say. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on Tyler Boyd this year. Um, I know that Burrow loves to throw to the slot. 
Um, Boyd, I was going to say, past two seasons, 1,000 yards. Um, A.J. Green, don't hate me. I, I do kind of like A.J. Green. If he if he can stay healthy. If he's healthy, I like A.J. Green a lot this year. Um, Joe Burrow, I love. I love Burrow out of college. For fantasy, um, I don't think there's ever been like a fantasy rookie QB. I like heard this from somebody. But I don't think there's like ever been a like viable fantasy QB since like Cam Newton's rookie year. So I'm I don't like Burrow for fantasy, but in real life I think that Burrow is going to be really good. Yeah, I mean that's really understandable. Yeah, I definitely um, I, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Burrow just because I think once the pressure gets near him, like how we've seen in big games where they've needed to make a play, like he's not the most mobile guy, but he can make people miss and when he's on the run and he, you know, has the ability to get out of the pocket and make a throw if need be. Um yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um all right, anything else you guys have to say? I that's do all I Oh, you go ahead. Hunter. No, I do have a Okay, this is for my fantasy team. Kenny Galladay's out. Who do you guys like better, Mark Ingram or Jerry Judy with Ooh. the sudden injury? Ooh. I would definitely Neither. go Jerry Judy in my opinion. I, I don't like either, to be honest. Like Mark Ingram, <laughs> you've got some good depth at that uh, running back spot. you got Gus Edwards, um, J.K. Dobbins, who they're definitely going to utilize no matter what the depth chart says. It has him as the four-string running back. I seriously doubt that. Um, but Jerry Judy – yeah, I, I guess I could see a pretty big game going up against the Titans' defense. I would say Jerry Judy over Mark Ingram, but I mean neither of those say. are super favorable. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I, I think I think there's a big problem, especially this year. I feel like you're going to see with rookie wide receivers, especially early on in the season, going up against cornerbacks, just because they're not used to the physicality of NFL cornerbacks and the speed. But at the same time, I don't really see any standout guy, in my opinion, on the Titans. I mean, Malcolm Butler hasn't really played up to the hype that he was, you know, generating when he was signed from New England. Adoree Jackson is kind of one of those guys. I feel like he's a, a gadget player and he helps out a lot on special teams, but he doesn't do, like, amazing cornerback play. And Jonathan Joseph is, like, ancient in this league at this point. Yeah. So I think Jerry Judy has – a better upside than Mark Ingram, especially going against Cleveland. Uh, Lewis already touched on the backfield there. And, uh, you know, that defense, yeah, the linebackers aren't great in Cleveland, but they're getting Miles Garrett back, and they have their defensive line still. So, Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I do have Deontay Johnson, too. Okay, I would probably – Okay, That's I'll let Lewis talked on that one. I'm not. A, I don't like any of the Steelers wide receivers. I, mind, to be I'm honest. really high up on Deontay Johnson, but for fantasy, uh, I mean, good to have on your bench. I don't know about starting, especially week one. Um, to be honest, out of those three, I'm going to change up here. I'm going to go Mark Ingram. My philosophy that I've told people is to go with on week one. The best thing to do, and it might not always work. But it's just to go with the guy that you trust. And Mark Ingram is the guy that you trust here. I mean, we know the Ravens are going to be run heavy. Browns have arguably the worst linebacker core in the league. Uh, They don't have Joe Schobert anymore, which is hurting. They don't have Mike Wilson. That's your two best linebackers from last year. Uh, Their run defense was 30th last year. It's getting better with Garrett coming back. But still, I would just go with Mark Ingram, the guy that you trust. Um, So, yeah. Big trust. Yeah, no, I was was definitely thinking that. No, sure. come on, yeah, you're talking to a Browns fan here. Don't come <laughs> no. on here. I know. I like the Browns. They they should be good. Baker. Sh- oh, yeah. Baker. I like Baker, but that's good to hear. That's good to hear. 
<laughs> the coaching didn't help. No, last not year. at all, man. Just glad he's on the Giants now. He's Gettleman's problem right now. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, Hunter, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I, I really like this time. episode. Yeah, I definitely want to get him back on here because I, I like that we share the same opinions on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to argue with you, Lewis, on every pick I make. Yeah, it was yeah. a much more agreeing uh, episode than normal, I'll say that. Um, it wasn't I, I toxic. Think Brooke, Brooks definitely causes a lot of those disagreements because we start talking about the Browns and he'll say something like, oh, Baker Mayfield sucks. So, you know, it just gets messy there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you guys like this episode, we're going to start doing every Saturday as our fantasy football uh, episode talking about your guys' questions for the upcoming Sunday for fantasy football. So stay tuned for that. Three episodes a week now coming, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thanks again, Hunter, for coming on to the show. Yeah, of course. Any Saturday, pencil me in. I'm there. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Take care, everybody. See ya. See ya.